0: Welcome to Maximize Your Influence,
1: your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Welcome to another episode of Maximize Your Influence. I'm Steve Olson. I have Kurt Mortensen here with me. We are ready to rock. We have some great info prepped for you today on the podcast where we like to think that you don't get what you pay for. Uh, <laughs> if you think about that for a minute, it'll make sense. Don't get you. All right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I, I hope everybody here is not getting what they paid for. Um, so uh, Kurt, what's the latest? How you How you feeling?
0: Oh, feeling good. Sun's out. It's been a good week and a lot of things accomplished and coaching a lot of fun people. See some great success and things are good. Things are good
1: they certainly are persuasion continues to be the cornerstone of you know like everything and
0: <laughs> that's a beautiful thing about it. it doesn't matter if you're in politics it doesn't matter if you're in customer service if you're a leader a manager a parent a teenager everyone persuades and influence for a living and when they finally realize it they talk to us and that's a good thing that is a good thing that the key is. is most people don't realize how bad they are until they fall on their face a few times especially as you know with a lot of real estate investors like oh maybe it's me <laughs> Yes, it is you. Let's fix it. It's easy to fix when you know what it is, but most people don't know what it is. But now that you know what it is, because you're listening to the podcast. Absolutely
1: right. I was in San Diego last week. I think we talked about that. And that was actually the naval base that made all that noise above my hotel. <laughs> I I don't oh. know if that came through on the recording for the podcast or not. But.
0: Oh, so you had the big jets coming in.
1: Yeah, the, the F-18s off of the Coronado were uh, coming right over where I was in Point Loma in San Diego. So it was pretty noisy, but I was out there and I helped these people learn how to do real estate. And it's kind of shocking to them. It takes three days for them to realize that all their concerns about finding money and investors and properties and all those kinds of things, that can be pretty easily resolved. But their ability to interact with other people and persuade them and say things the right way is totally the most critical Component of their success. I'll go up and say something and show them how to talk to a realtor or a lender or something like that And they're writing like how did did you say that right because they've never heard it before to me It's second nature because I know these laws of persuasion, and I've applied them to my business over time Many times they start my training with them thinking I need to get investors. I need to get properties I don't know how to do all these hard skills right And And that's – you're right on. It's that
0: they're worried about that 15%, that core competence versus the 85% that's going to give you the deal. Because if they don't like you and trust you, it doesn't matter what your offer is. It's not going to be accepted. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we found this out. All those persuasion negotiation seminars we do at the very end, like clockwork, stream of people, man, why didn't I learn this first? Do you know how much money I've lost? (laughs) (laughs) And that's the tough thing about it is that sometimes it takes a school of hard knocks for people to realize, hmm, to double my income, I can work twice as hard, or I could double my influence skills. Let's take B.
1: <laughs> right, right. I remember reading one of Brian Tracy's books once, and he talked about the quickest way to double your sales was just to make sure you're talking to the right person. And th- that, of course, is true. If you're dialing out of the phone book, you've got yourself a problem. But then even taking it one step beyond that to double them again to get more results is, Make sure you're talking to the right person in the right way. Some people are very good at getting to the right people. They've got that tenacity. I know some sales guys that we would kindly call them bulldogs, right? They just get wherever they got to go and they're relentless. But they don't know how to say it in the right way. you got to talk to the right people. That's your marketing. And you got to say it in the right way. Those are your soft skills, your persuasion skills.
0: And the challenge there is that it works for them some of the time. Because they're resonating with the people that are like them. They're not talking to them, like you say, in the right way. If they should learn to adapt to a different personality, to a different style, to a different situation, all of a sudden, you're going up from 20% to 30% to 40% to 50%, and it makes a huge difference with the same amount of work.
1: Yeah, it is pretty amazing. So I know we've kind of beat that one to a pulp on the show here. We, of course, have to justify why you would want to listen to the show, don't we? Yeah. (laughs) And remind you periodically that this is important stuff. And, And with that being said, Kurt... I will I will trivialize this a little bit. Apparently, hot coffee is really important to be able to persuade people.
0: <laughs> well, for two reasons. We know that caffeine increases your ability to persuade, not only yourself, but your audience when they lace. I think we've talked about them lacing the orange dudes with caffeine, but this yeah. one's a little bit different. This one was done at Carnegie Mellon University for those on the East Coast. For those on the West Coast, it's Carnegie Mellon. It depends where you're from and how you say it. But the true way they taught me when I was living in Pennsylvania is Carnegie. So that's one thing you learned today. But it's all about priming. That the way you hold a hot cup of coffee, the way you hear the ding of the spoon on the side of the cup, actually makes you feel more warmly towards someone. And again, That's called priming. When people hear age-related words like Florida or retirement or old or arthritis, they actually walk slower. They actually talk slower. And so there's things we can do that prime people. And so they found then the way people held the copy bug, the way they heard the clink, it actually, they liked the people around them more. They felt warmer towards them.
1: Now, who found and this, Kurt? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Who? What study was this from?
0: This was done at Carnegie Mellon. Oh, Carnegie, okay. Carnegie Mellon. Carnegie or Carnegie Mellon, however you want to say <laughs> yeah. it.
1: Okay, so they did a study tracking people, how they're holding their coffee, and basically comparing that that against how others felt about those same people. Correct? You know how
0: people created their coffee and it's warm in their hands? Yeah, and they, okay. The thing in the spoon, that was the type of thing. They found it, too, when priming, like we mentioned, the elderly words affected their walking speed. We're always constantly being primed by the environments. what they found out, to where… The different things we see and hear, we're not even aware of prime the way we talk and what we do and what we say. And we've talked about this before on the show, but they've done a few more studies to prove how important it is. I don't know if we've talked about it before, but there's a study done at Yale. Now, I believe it. it's done at Yale. Yale's a good school, but this is a primer, too. This one's really interesting and hard to believe. So someone comes up to somebody on campus on a spring day, neutral temperature, and says, Hey, could you do a quick uh, one-minute survey? Well, sure. Well, can you hold my drink for me? They did this half with a hot drink another half with an ice-cold drink. And then afterwards, someone went up and said, hey, can we evaluate the evaluator? Here's the amazing thing. Those that were holding the ice-cold drink rated them as more cold and distant. And those who were holding the warm drink rated them as more warm and endearing just by the temperature of the cup. And that's called priming.
1: That's pretty crazy. So uh, we're a Harvard podcast usually, but you're dropping the Yale study on us.
0: We've used Harvard quite a bit, so let's use a little Yale, okay, it's a little awesome. Carnegie Mellon, right? <laughs> uh, some of these other studies. And they've done one, too, that was really interesting with students coming in to take a math test, and they made it really easy to cheat. But before they took the test, I think this was a study we talked about, half the students were asked to recall books they read in high school, and the other half were asked to recall books they read in the Bible. That's priming. Those who recalled, the books from the Bible, were less likely to cheat than those that recalled books they read in high school.
1: That's pretty interesting. So what's your quick takeaway as to how we can effectively prime our prospects, whether that's in our marketing literature or digital media or just in the face-to-face
0: interactions? A lot of it has to do with environment. A lot of it has to do with expectations. A lot of things that we're not even aware of when we talked about the association triggers of colors and smells and and just environment and how your office looks and the expectations. Because you've been to a store before where you feel guilty for not buying or you've been to a restaurant, you feel guilty for ordering water. Part of that's priming. Part of that's expectations. And that makes a huge difference in the world of subconscious persuasion.
1: I think so. We were picking on the timeshare people last week as we often do but also talking about how they're actually really quite good, as cheesy as they may be. But you go into one of those timeshare presentations and you notice all the pictures they have on the wall of the beach and the hotels and the pools and the restaurants. They never have a picture of Iowa in January, right? (laughs) A frozen cornfield or a dump, right? They They don't do those things because that would be horrible, horrible priming. They want you already feeling like, wow, I'm smelling that salty ocean air, and I'm going out to dinner at a great restaurant tonight, and then we're getting on our cruise ship or whatever it is. I would have guessed that's priming too.
0: It is. The pictures they see, the environment, the energy in the air, all those things are part of priming. I think you remember the time we did that seminar. One of the things we do at the seminar, we have people introduce themselves, well, everyone judges their first impressions on them. That's that's a lot of fun, but that's another story. But one thing we do, as you remember, is we ask people to talk about the animal that best describes their personality and why. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And that one particular class, everyone was some type of cat. There were lions, there were tigers, there were house cats. Remember that? I do, yeah. And we couldn't figure it out. Why do we have cats? We have no dogs. Everyone's a cat. We've never seen this before. <laughs> we usually have. Weird things like elephants and rhinos and hippos, but these are all cats. And remember, later on, we found out that that hallway they had to walk through to get to that room had pictures of cats, about every it was about three oh, or four yeah. feet. That primed them a subconscious trigger. and All of a sudden, they were cats. You'd be amazed how the environment, the temperature, the sounds, the colors, the things that are around you, the expectations really change the way we think, what we perceive, and what we remember.
1: Have you ever done that thing where maybe you're going out as a family or going somewhere with your wife, and you're going to get in the car, and you both realize you're wearing the exact same color?
0: I think that's just part of marriage after a while. You just look the same. You dress the same. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, I just maybe it's a, you see that she's wearing that, and so you find yourself doing it, too, because you've been primed. But that's pretty interesting on the cat thing. There was a guy once, do you remember? He said, yeah, my name's Bob, and the animal that best describes my personality is a jackass.
0: <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> it was worth a good laugh, but it was true. It was true. Yes, he was. was that time. was
1: right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: At least he was honest and open about it, so we all do what to expect.
1: He primed us for how to treat him the, the exactly. rest of the event. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's all good information. I wanted to uh, get into a little bit more of uh, some of the stuff that's covered in your, your best-selling all-world, all-universe book, Maximum Influence, of which the second edition is out. This shameless plug brought to you by Maximum Influence.
0: Out, and now out in Arabic. <laughs> hey, that's right. I just got my copy today. They let me know about the new translation about six months later. Here it comes. It's kind of fun to see. You can't read it. It looks good, but you can, you know. It's if nice you've been to
1: listening it. to the podcast, just struggling, going, oh, I really like this podcast, but it's not in Arabic.
0: Yeah, you're good could to be go. a resource for you. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, what, one of the chapters in the book is called The Law of Expectations, uh, you know, talking about the impact of suggestion and how we can act a certain way like we're expecting something, and more often than not, our prospects go along with it, and funny enough, I think it ties in pretty well with priming, actually. If we're expecting our prospects to behave a certain way, what can you tell us a a little bit more with regard to expectations?
0: Well, expectations, priming, we can influence reality. It's just how it is. The law of expectations uses expectations to influence reality and create results. Basically, individuals tend to make decisions based on how others expect them to behave or perform. And as a result, people fulfill those expectations, and they can be positive or negative. And expectations have a powerful impact on those we trust and respect, but even on strangers. It's just every aspect of our life. If I hand someone a pen with the contract, they're more likely to sign it. If I wipe my feet in the door expecting to get in, I'm more likely to get in. If I say thanks in advance, At the end of the email, they're more likely to do it. Those are all expectations of behavior.
1: Wasn't there some study in your book about how a substitute teacher went to a class and she was told beforehand, hey, this kid's good, that kid's bad, and even though that was not necessarily true, but that's kind of how she treated them, and then the kid, of course, ended up acting like that anyway?
0: Oh, yeah. We talk about, especially with kids and the role of teachers and the expectations. So you mix up the class cloud and the, the person that was going to help. They took on those behaviors. Another interesting one they did with an elementary school is they handed out candy to all these kids. And, of course, they eat the candy and throw the wrappers on the ground. And they count Ooh. the wrappers. And over the next two weeks, the teacher says, you know, I think this is the cleanest class I've ever had. Vice principal comes in and says, hey, I heard you guys are the clean class. Custodian writes on the board, thanks for being the clean class. Two weeks later, they hand out candy, and what do you know, most of them make them into the trash can. So it could be at work, it could be with children, expectation is everywhere. Again, it could be a positive one or a negative one, but it makes a huge difference in our behavior and in with persuasion and influence.
1: Yeah. I've seen that in sales where I'll tell people, for example, in the real estate realms that you're going to really be pleased when you go turn this data into your account at the end of the year. And you see what your true return on investment has been, especially after he takes into consideration the, the the tax benefits that you're getting. You're going to love it. And i found that creates such a good atmosphere. They're feeling like, okay, if I'm going to love that, I'm going to love everything else he's about to tell me. Is that using the law of expectations?
0: Absolutely. That's kind of a, an embedded command. You could also, uh, if you study NLP presuppositions, which is basically the way you talk, like you're going to enjoy it. We talk about real estate. It could be as simple as when you move in, you're going to notice the neighbors are going to reach out to you. You're going to notice this, and you talk to people like it's already happened. So it's easier for them to make that decision for a car. You're going to love how the car handles in the mountains. Those are all presuppositions or presupposing they're going to buy, but you're speaking in such a way that it's already happened and it makes it much easier for them to make a decision.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, can you put to bed an urban legend, or at least what I perceive to be an urban legend? When we're talking about things like embedded commands, you're telling somebody to do something in a very subtle way. I've heard people try to pass off the fact that you could tell somebody, hey, Bill, by now you realize that this is going to be the ideal product for you, with the embedded command being buy now, like buy this now. Even though it's not spelled that way it's you're not using the same term is there i mean does that really work because i always thought it's not the same it's it's a different word the word by versus buy is that a thing i mean or am i talking just crazy talk
0: no i did a lot of research on that because it seemed kind of odd to me to where i could say by now you realize like i need to buy now or here's a fun one you like me will realize we're like oh yeah i do like you (laughs) (laughs) you're like whoa 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 and it's nlp and I think a lot of times a lot of these techniques gives the person confidence, which helps them out. But again, if they don't like you, they don't trust you, it doesn't matter what you say. But a lot of studies do show that embedded commands do increase the uh, sales, especially on a web page, especially during presentations. Now, it's not just the by now you realize or you will become wealthy, but even little things on a website. If you go to a good sales website, you'll notice how they underline or italicize or they bold or change color. The goal here is it bypasses the conscious mind. It goes right to the subconscious mind. And the studies do show. I didn't want to put, I had to verify it before I put it in the book, but it did show that a lot of times abetted commands did increase sales by 20%. Wow. So we've got some hard
1: data here. I have the belief that a lot of the NLP stuff is kind of hokey, but this particular segment of it has some data backing it up.
0: There is. And there's a lot of great NLP practitioners and there's some other ones out there that have taken it to a... strange new level and i'll let you decide and there's some things here that have proven to work presuppositions embedded commands pacing and leading some of those we talk about with a lot of expectations i wanted to prove look scientific data these work those as part of nlp do work
1: Mm. so it works really well in web copy and on sites where you can just kind of pepper it throughout the copy or through a webinar or something like that
0: yeah and obviously if you take one word and you make it 100-point font and the others are 12-point font. It's going to be so obvious to your logical mind what's going on that it's not going to work. Uh-huh. But just little subtle things that you can do to make things stand out, that's the goal, whether you're speaking in a presentation or it's copy on the internet. Yeah, okay.
1: So I, what I'm looking at here, here's some examples, everybody. And if you have anything to add, Kurt, just let me know. But th- Things like become wealthy, how good it feels, feel good, change your life use this process or use this skill, buy now, follow my lead. That kind of stuff uh, peppered throughout the presentation is telling their subconscious mind to do little things and thus preparing the conscious mind to do that
0: one big thing, which is to, to buy, to do the deal. Correct? Correct. And remember embedded commands are short, concise. There. here's an example. Have a Pepsi day with the embedded command of being, have a Pepsi. That's a simple embedded command. Even with our children, we usually do it the wrong way. Don't be dumb. Don't run in the street. Don't crash. Don't get hurt. The embedded commands are all the wrong things we want. We need to change the way we think as parents and say, hey, walk on the sidewalk. Be safe. Wear your helmet. Those embedded commands make a huge difference saying the right thing in the right way.
1: (laughs) Don't be stupid. They're hearing, be stupid. Be a exact. moron. Yeah.
0: Don't walk in the street. Don't get hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, we got to well, watch that yeah. one. We all could work on that
1: one. We could. Yeah, you, as a parent, you just get in that mode where you're just, you know, yeah. spe- at about five o'clock, right? <laughs> it happens, yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty good stuff on the law of expectation. If you have questions about it to, to all the listeners out there, just email us, maximizeyourinfluence at com, and we're happy to give you any specific feedback to you, even if you just want it to be a private message back to you. You don't want all your persuasion laundry aired out on the podcast. We (laughs) can respond to you privately and help you out however we can. Uh, Kurt, do you have anything else to add on expectation before we get to the massive, absolutely horrible blunder committed by the National Football League?
0: (laughs) Yeah, expectations, remember, are communicated by our language, the words we use, the voice, our body. And you can have, pull them in for an evaluation. If you don't think they can do it, if you don't think they can meet their goals, it's going to be expressed in your expectations and your body. language. So practice communicating those expectations. In fact, you could do this at work, but you didn't hear it on this podcast. If you choose someone at work, get three or four people together and say, hey, Joe, you look sick. Are you okay? And Joe said, I'm all right. What are you talking about? Next person will come up and says, are you okay? Are you ill? You look a little pale. No, I'm okay. The third person, the fourth person. And by the time there's a fourth person, that person's going to go home sick because of all the things that people have said. So there's a very negative side to expectations and there's a very positive side to expectations. But again, when you can expect with confidence, it changes you as a persuader with your confidence and your demeanor, but it also influences how your prospects is going to act and what they do. Good info. Well, don't,
1: don't, don't. I hear Homer Simpson off in the distance, Kurt.
0: Oh, Homer, the blunders
1: coming. Here it comes. Now, we could be proven wrong. We are predicting a blunder in advance here, are we not?
0: A pre-blunder. There <laughs> we go. I like the sound of that.
1: A pre-blunder, yeah. We we think that the Super Bowl is going to be a little bit of a train wreck, having it in New York City, which, hey, New York City's fun. It's just not very fun at the beginning of February.
0: Yeah, it's fun in June and July and August, and when it's warm. Yeah, yeah. I think this is the first time in I don't know how many years they've gone to a cold climate, and it doesn't even have a dome, so you've got snow issues and cold issues and... I don't know. I don't know if someone got paid off to do that or what, but that's an odd place to have a Super Bowl. It's pretty odd. I lived in
1: Indianapolis a couple of years when they had the Super Bowl there. And the difference being it's a nice indoor arena for, you know, to have the Super Bowl. You know, we could have some bad weather come in and we could see bad sales uh, result from it. Obviously, it's all about the TV revenue, but it'll be interesting to see if this ends up being a blunder or if the NFL is immune to a uh, common sense.
0: Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. It could go either way. If it snows or if they try to reschedule, that's a train wreck. I mean, do people extend it? Everyone in the rest of the world's going to watch it on TV. Do you just <laughs> – Yeah. where's the revenue coming? What's going to happen? So, yeah, it could be a positive thing and not that big of a deal, or it could be a train wreck. So they're rolling the dice on this one. So hopefully for them, for the NFL, that everything turns out okay. And hopefully the Broncos win. Or did I say that out <laughs> loud? I I think I heard that, yeah. Yeah, I'll just say sorry, man, to our Seattle people. My wife's from Seattle. I won't tell you who she's rooting for, but anyway.
1: (laughs) This in our effort to systematically alienate every last one of our listeners.
0: Yeah, I think we're pretty close. I think we got half the states down and half the countries. We're doing pretty good.
1: Yeah, we'll move into just really specific politics and religion soon and finish you all off. (laughs)
0: That's
1: right. (laughs) There's a big prize to the last standing listener of the Maximize Your Influence podcast.
0: it will be (laughs) interesting to see what state or country that last person's from. Yeah, that's
1: right. (laughs) Well, good. Kurt, thanks for getting on the line today. Anything else before we shut her down?
0: No. Go out there and persuade with power. Remember, your expectations, your confidence, your demeanor is a huge part of your success. And one last study that's really important here is that when you feel influential – you are more influential, period, end of story. That's where expectations and confidence come into play through your demeanor, through your confidence. When you feel influential, you will be more influential.
1: That's right, listeners. You're good enough. You're smart
0: enough. And gosh (laughs) darn, people like you. People like me. There you go. Thank (laughs) you, Stuart.
1: (laughs) Catch you next week, everybody.
0: (laughs) We'll see ya.